guys, this is Jason Rosler, the Chief Executive Officer at Smurry, and we're going to kick off the first of many podcasts. This is our 10th anniversary year, so what better way to do it than to talk to Steve Whalen, our co-founder and Chief Product Officer, about where Samari came from and the history. Steve, how are you doing? Doing good. Yeah, I'm excited. This is uh, something we haven't done in 10 years, obviously, and decided to be a good time to do it once we all have some downtime and we're in, uh, no more traveling and then no more under lockdown. Yeah, with that, uh, we hope everyone out there is staying healthy and safe, and uh, hopefully this is a little something informative for you, but also something to take your mind off the current situation. And so, Steve, why don't you tell us what what, what made you come up with Samari? Where did all that come from? Yeah, so basically, um, I'm, I'm retired law enforcement from Delaware, and uh, decided to go into the private business, like kind of have a big life-changing events around 2007, got all the stressors done at one time, and then... Uh, Went into a business with uh, some other guys, and it wasn't Samori. It was uh, had partners elsewhere uh, doing another one. And if you guys uh, been in forensics for all, you probably remember Raptor. So Raptor was with the other company that we had, which was Forward Discovery. Um, and then after about three years, um, my wife and I decided to to branch off and uh, do our own thing. Just a different mindset. Wanted to take it into different directions to help more people. That's awesome. So how'd you come up with the name Samori? So my wife, who's also a co-founder, which we'll have to talk to her later. She'll be fun to talk to. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So with the big boss. Yeah. <laughs> so she's she's Filipina. So I met her in my travels when I was doing some training for the government and I did a lot of training all over the world. Uh, fell in love with the Philippines, fell in love with her. Um, and she eventually came over, became an American citizen. Um, and she was helping me behind the scenes for like the longest time with the other company, um, which is like one of the reasons we decided to go off on our own because we were doing all the work anyway and nothing to say bad about the other company it's just that we all want to go in a different direction um so we did so the name itself actually samori is not samurai a lot of people like to say it's samurai it's it's actually a tagalog word so that's filipino word um and it means to investigate or analyze and it is sumori not samurai which is often confused Absolutely. And while we're on the subject, let's let's pop another one of those myth bubbles right now. So I, I once heard that there was a great Tolino hawk that swooped down and caught a predator. Um, can you clarify that a little bit? Is that where that name came from, Steve? No, no. So Tolino, not Talon, Tolino is another Filipino word. It's a Tagalog word and it means basically I am intelligent. So intelligence. So we actually had like our little numbers, right? The K.A., which is kind of funny because we just joked around. No, this is said, awesome. Yeah, we joked around and said K stands for uh, kick ass, but actually, it, it, Tolino Ka means I am intelligent. I, I hope think we'll right. I think we'll stick with the kick ass, but uh, I am intelligent is also really cool. Yeah, yeah. So it works for both ways. It's whatever way you want to go with it. Whatever works for you. So after that, what came next? So basically, we we just started off pretty slow. Um, based on our existing arrangements with the previous company, I, I've mostly focused on training and uh, Paladin. So Raptor became Paladin, which we'll have to talk about the origins of Raptor and Paladin in another podcast. So that's a whole podcast right there. Yeah, that's another whole podcast. But um, essentially, that's that was basically, I just focused on training. I think I did a little world tour, visited a lot of countries in about a month or two on the road by myself, uh, just to get things kicked off. And then we grew up from there. Yeah, so you guys started about 50K in debt, right, and sleeping on the floor? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was between um, my wife and I, just Eileen. Uh, we, we just basically um, ran the whole business, like every part of the business we did ourselves, uh, working from home offices, and then eventually started growing little by little and started adding people on to help us. 
so that's absolutely crazy. So, so in those 10 years, you went from that to uh, we just purchased a, a new facility that we're going to have open by the end of the year. It's going to be an 18,000 square foot facility that we're renovating um, and also really cool. And, and hopefully we'll do a video on this because it's a historic site that we're renovating on the inside and we're going to leave it historically sound on the outside. So I'm really psyched about that. Yeah, that's really cool. It's, um, it, it's pretty much a town grew up around in Delaware, a town grew up around this particular place that we're purchasing and it's uh it's gonna be fun to try to get it back to where it was originally and do our business it's kind of the weirdest thing it's like we're a very tech company but it's not a tech type business where it originally started consider it was like in the late 1800s now it's an it's an old peach factory so it's got a lot of tradition and uh, it's going to become a new uh, computer factory and, and state-of-the-art forensics lab for us to do our services um, and we'll also be doing training and all the rest of it out of there so really excited about that yeah yeah so it's kind of interesting being located in Delaware. Um, and as a lot of people ask us about, like, why didn't we move to like, you know, the typical areas like around the Beltway in Washington, um, DC area, or, you know, Los Angeles, Silicon Valley, or even Salt Lake, where's a big forensics presence out there. Um, and to me, like I was born and raised in Delaware. So it just made sense. I was born in Delaware, uh, went to University of Delaware, graduated from there, became a Delaware State Trooper. And, and I thought it was always going to be in Delaware, but at least living here, I, I like it. I think it's a benefit. We're, we're very close to like all the major cities, you know, you know, very close to New York, to Philadelphia, to Virginia, Washington, Baltimore, you know, all those different areas. Um, and I think the best benefits were, were tax-free, and that can help our customers a lot. Absolutely. So that, that allows us to provide everything to you guys at, at no tax, um, which is a huge benefit, especially when you're talking about some of the bigger workstation orders that come through there. So Delaware is a lovely, awesome place. I moved here about, I guess, 12, 13 years ago um, and would not leave here for anything. And like Steve said, really close to everything. Um, no drawbacks whatsoever, except for it's about 90 minutes to the nearest airport. So yeah. Steve and I are kind of enjoying that that break from that commute with the, uh, you got to look at the silver lining and all the clouds, right? So if, if there's any silver lining to what's going on in the world right now, it's not making that 90 minute drive to Philadelphia airport that's for sure yeah yeah and since uh, not to belabor the the coronavirus stuff but it's uh it's it has given us a chance to reset and uh work together because we're usually you know you're one place i'm in another and and so it's actually again we wish no bad on anybody that's out there but it's a good chance for us to get caught up and work on our products and, and work together so I'm, I'm really appreciating that right now so so that's true. There's no way this podcast would have happened uh, under under the old circumstances. So certainly a good opportunity for us to get stuff out there. And, uh, you know, we've kind of let you know a little bit about the company. And I think we want to kind of break it down and let you know all the different things that we do now. So so as Steve said, started out with training and, and the software division with Paladin. We've expanded out the software substantially till st since then. Steve, what, uh, what have we added since Paladin? Oh, yeah, we added quite a lot. So what we kind of focus on starting with Paladin just just as what people probably know us mostly for. There's a lot of times we go to conferences and people don't even know that we're the company behind Paladin because it's just a – I did it as a – Kind of a humanitarian project, like one of my one of my first. Um, just it, it was designed to kind of help law enforcement out. You know, have tools they can use when there's no budgets and stuff. So we really don't make a profit all that. That's just based on donations only. Um, so then from there we we kind of moved on. Me being a Mac guy, um, onto to Mac forensics. So I had plans in the works for the longest of time to to actually uh, create a, a Mac forensics tool. And so there wasn't. Um, 
too many solutions out there for Mac forensics because not too many people were doing Mac forensics. So, um, so I focused on one, and the first one we came up was called Recon for Mac OS, and it it took me a while to to find a team to to put it together, but then finally came together. And at the time, again, um, kind of like going back to the whole purpose of why we started Samori, um, it's before I actually talk about the Recon product. Um, we were trying to find ways to, to kind of help. And again, it's law enforcement, but we cater to corporate as well too, but it, it's mostly done for law enforcement. I have to be honest with that. So that that's what my background was in and that's that's where our heart is. And, and we always say like the corporate gets to ride off the coattails of what we did do for law enforcement. So Recon being one of our first commercial products was designed to, um, what I thought at the time was solve a product problem, sorry, with, um, the fact that you know software is being split up into too many pieces and sold so right. there's a lot of commercialism in, in our field right now and it, it's kind of weird you know obviously people are in business to to, to make money um but we're not it's, it's kind of weird we have to make money to kind of keep the lights on we're not really a non-profit so you know we, we do make profit um but we don't make a lot of profit so i try to give back as much as we can um, to the forensic community, mostly law enforcement again, to, to help out. And same thing with, with Recon, the first Recon uh, for Mac OS, where instead of uh, breaking it up into two different modules, like a, a field module and, and a lab module, we just try to combine it into one and, and get your answers quickly. Um, so that's that's how I started out originally, because it was, instead of buying two products, you just get one. Sure. So from there, where, where did we go? Carbon was next after Recon for Mac OS, right? Yeah, so at the time, yeah, we started working on um, Carbon. So Carbon was another idea I came up with um, where, you know, looking for a way to do virtualization faster and safer um, for the teams that actually have to do stuff in the field. Um, so you know, virtualization before um, I came up with Carbon was basically you had to go out and create an image um, take that image, put it into some sort of virtualization, you know, tool, or use some sort of technique to virtualize that forensic image, um, and and that takes time, right? So you got to wait for it to image. You got to do all the configuration, which is really complicated. And our tagline when we first started the company, if you guys want to look back and check, um, was forensic simplified. So we've been using that and still use it to this day. Um, that's the other reason why a lot of our products are based around that tagline is we're just trying to simplify complicated tasks and carbon's a good example of it so you know it's, it was hard to image and then it was hard to configure for virtualization so we came up with an idea to basically allow someone to do the standard virtualization of forensic images which is you know easy so we're trying to take away all the uh configuration stuff but then basically um one of the things that's unique to carbon still to this day i believe is that with tablets and all those kind of things where you can't remove the drives how do you virtualize something like that so we came up with a solution based on paladin that you can actually um boot the the target machine and, and then in a forensically sound manner so there's no changes and then instantly virtualize the uh, internal drives and then also bypass you know common login passwords and such too now that part's pretty awesome right there. So so it, it's not actually breaking the encryption, right? You're just bypassing it in a way that you can get in, in in a matter of seconds and actually be looking at that in a virtual environment. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's again, just a technique that's been used before in hardware solutions. Um, but again, you're not going to be cracking open a tablet. Um, and it's an idea that I got from the Mac side, just being a Mac guy and doing Mac forensics forever. 
Um, we just basically use a digital version of the hardware solution to actually come up with carbon. And awesome. And so from that, we went into, uh, I think probably Recon Imager was what came up next. And that, that probably, I'm guessing, but you can bring me up to speed on this, came about when uh, when Paladin started running into a little more difficulty booting different Macs. Yeah, so Paladin, again, we'll do a whole episode on each one of these products, but Paladin is kind of like a Swiss Army knife for everything. And again, just donation-based, so whatever you guys decide to pay for it. Um, but most people were using it for imaging, even though there's probably like about... If you were to pay for all the tools separately, it would probably be over $50,000 worth of features if you were to buy commercial tools to equal what's in there. Um, but most people just, again, used it for the right blocking and the imaging. Um, but then it was great for Macs until Macs started becoming more and more proprietary. So that's when we decided to move over to a, a Mac OS solution. And, and that's where Recon Imager came from. Yeah, that's awesome, and, and not to uh, not to be little Paladin either. So I think a couple of weeks ago I was messing around with Paladin, and I actually did get it to boot um, one of my Macs that was running ten thirteen six. So it's still out there as the as the like Steve said, Swiss Army Life, or or I'm gonna call it the the uh, Imager or booter of last resort. Right, you can always try Paladin. You never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty cool. And I think after that is kind of where we, we came up with the idea for Tolino. So again, trying to help law enforcement out there. Um, it was basically just another way to, how do I say it? Like we didn't, people that were using existing workstations at the time were paying way too much for something that weren't getting like high quality stuff all the time, depending what manufacturer you went with. So it's another of us coming to the rescue to kind of help law enforcement and again, corporate benefits from this as well by designing a workstation from forensic examiners from the ground up. Like just how do you make a perfect workstation from the ground up, not worrying about the cost? The crazy part about this whole story is that when we designed a workstation the way that works perfect for doing forensics, and again, this is all matters what software you use, so we're totally customizable. But for generic, for instance, we, we spec'd a, a low-end, a medium-end, and like a high-end workstation. Again, all superior components com from the ground up with case selection, everything else, not cutting any corners in any way to maximize profits. Um, what we found out was that the price for it wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be, and it was way cheaper, way, way, way cheaper than what other current you know our manufacturers at the time were charging. So we decided to put out a perfect workstation with um, as perfect as perfect can be, right? Um, with best components, superior components, no, no, no cutting corners in any way and charge about half the profit that other people were charging. And so we kind of like over the years now became pretty popular and forced the entire rest of the, the world, I guess, that developed forensic workstations to drop their pricing. Yeah, so there's about two or three different podcasts in there that we'll get to later, but uh, but absolutely. So I, that's where I kind of came into the summary picture. Um, started building Tolinos, probably built 90% of the first 300 or so that, uh, that we sold as things took off from a basement. We moved over to the 5,000 square foot facility we're in now. Um, and the, the one thing that I can say is that it's become much more difficult um, 
to compete price-wise. Everybody else is on the same pricing structure as we are. So that, that makes me happy. And a lot of you that know me know I really like to give back to the world where I can. I've been very blessed in my life. Um, and the fact that more people can get forensic workstations, even if they're not a Tolino, although that's a mistake, if you ask me, um, <laughs> at a reasonable price, uh, that helps me sleep at night. Yeah, well, I mean, again, if you, if you, if you, it's, it's an amazing thing. This is kind of goes back to why my wife and I um, created this company is because her and I both had the same mindset. So I've had some, you know, things happen in my life that kind of really opened my eyes, just life itself. And my wife coming from a country like Philippines, you know, obviously we had to work hard when she was younger and, you know, very, very family oriented and, you know, has been through a lot, you know, in her life. Um, you know, and she, so she's definitely have a, a great awareness of, of what's important in life. Um, for me, my, my turning point was um, when I was two, my, my oldest daughter had cancer. And, and so you, you learn really quickly that the only thing that's important in life is life itself. And then if you carry that on to, you know, if money's not important, then, then and you don't focus on the money, what kind of company can you create? And, and that's kind of how we started with this company here with S'more between um, Eileen, my wife and I. It's just not focus on the money and then trust that things will be fine. And it has. It's been great. Like, I mean, it's a great relief to not focus on money and just do what you do for the right reasons. Um, and every, the rewards come later. I mean, it comes great. And we're able to do more. We do a lot of charity work. Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've both been overseas um, on charitable uh, humanitarian missions where we haven't taken any compensation for the work that we do over there. Um, obviously, through our Samaria Gives Back program, which I think a lot of people are very familiar with for the, you know, the entire time, Steve's always been willing to give software out to law enforcement agencies that don't have a budget. Um, and over the last couple of years, it's actually been so successful that we've now started giving away a Tolino at the end of the year. So uh, three years ago, we gave away a Tolino, uh, one Tolino. We put it out there for the world to vote after vetting agencies. And uh, we did the same. So we got about 10,000 um, votes for that and awarded the workstation. And, and it's doing great out there. And we ran it again last year. And uh, the response was so overwhelming. We had close to 700,000 votes um, in total. So I don't even know in a percentage what kind of increase that is. But it was ridiculous. So And it was two agencies that had the majority of the votes. So we had no choice but to give the both agencies the Tolino. It just wasn't right in our minds that two agencies pushed that hard to get it. And uh, as Steve said, we've been very successful in what we do because we don't focus on the money. So we gave away two. So this year we're giving away another one. As always, it'll happen toward the end of the year. Um, hopefully everyone will get to see it. It's only been out to one show uh, in San Diego and I brought it back and it's been thoroughly sanitized. But if you haven't seen Police Interceptor yet or you don't get a chance to, go to our YouTube channel or samuri.com and you can take a look at it. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, so every year we try to come up with a like a, something to showcase the, the Tolino, and we it's it's kind of a fun thing we we come up with just to come up with a different design and and color scheme or you know a theme for it. So uh, last year was our yellow bumblebee model um, that we kind of uh, 
I, I don't know. A lot of people called it Bumblebee because it looked like the Tolino. And then, you know, I was thinking the Super <laughs> B from the old muscle cars back in the 60s and stuff. And then it kind of took off on its own. And then this year's uh, the police interceptor one is uh, it's it's basically an old supposed to be an old fashioned black and white, it, it, uh, white police car. It, it's got red and blues on it. It's it's awesome. We, we got the old police interceptor. Uh, you know logos the actual ones to on to put on the case it's pretty cool so check it out if you get a chance yeah definitely so i think the last thing to wrap up this podcast with we, we not mentioned all the products and we, we left out our latest and greatest and this is certainly going to be a feature of many podcasts to come which is recon itr steve what's going on with recon itr yeah so we'll, we'll focus on another podcast to go in depth into it but but recon itr was uh, how do i say it? this is going to require another podcast to talk about but Apple stepping up security in, in every area that you, you can think of, right, with, with notarizations, with permissions, uh, with system integrity protection, with um, especially notarization. Um, that's another one um, that I was just talking about. But yeah, basically, every step of the way, Apple's making changes, lock things down. So from a security perspective, uh, from a user, it's great, right? It's great what they're doing. From a forensic perspective, it's causing issues. So I'm trying to anticipate what Apple is going to do next as best I can um, and, and try to just kind of develop for that so that we can still do our jobs from the forensic side. So again, not trying to bypass anything that Apple's actually doing. You know, obviously we want to keep security and security is important, but we still need to be able to do analysis when the time is appropriate. So um, putting Recon ITR was a combination of uh, Recon Imager uh, Pro and, and Recon Triage. So Recon Triage was kind of like our um, quick triage tool, which again, we could talk about later. Um, and Recon ITR was our bootable imager. But um, one of the ways to, to actually ensure that we can still do imaging in the future um, with Apple products, no matter what type of security they put on there, is through target disk mode, unless Apple decides to shut that down. And I'm not asking them to do that. So please don't do that, Apple, if you're listening to this. You, know, you gotta leave something for us. Um, so that was the reason. But again, we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, absolutely. One last thing. Uh, so being the low cost operators that we are, we're not working off a teleprompter here. So it could be that I might have said that the one product we hadn't talked about was Recon ITR because I'm working off of an index card and forgot to mention Recon Lab. Steve, what's going on there? Oh, yeah. So Recon Lab, it might as well. Well, typically what I want to do with these podcasts is, is kind of talk about you know a topic and then go into training events um you know product updates so there's no no training at events that are happening right now with the the coronavirus um so basically we can skip right to product updates so let's talk about recon lab really quick absolutely we have a few new features in there don't we yeah so it, this is a small update for the from what the user sees but it's a big update for what we're doing because i just spoke about notarization so we've been focusing on the last um, month or so on just getting all of our products notarized so that when you start it um, Apple doesn't say, hey, it's malicious or something like that. So we are an, a, an, a certified Apple developer. We have licenses, all the good stuff. Um, it just takes time to, to notarize all the libraries and such that we're using. Um, so we've been focusing a lot on that. That's been taking a lot of our time. But we did squeak out some, some new updates in there. So Recon Labs, our full analytical suite, it runs on a Mac. And there's a reason for that, which we can talk about later. Um, but it does Windows, it does Linux, it does Android, iOS, Google, everything, you, you name it. Anything you can throw at it, we can pretty much do. Um, but the updates that we got on this last one, I'm going to put my glasses on for this one. 
Oh my, look at the note card that our teleprompter, right? <laughs> yeah, so basically we, we had a request to um, to encrypt zip files. So we have an option for exporting files to zip. This mostly came from the corporate community. I, I know we say we do a lot with law enforcement and all, but we do listen to the corporate guys as well. And they're like, hey, it'd be great if we can encrypt the zip files uh, that we're, we're making so that you know they can be encrypted. So we added that feature in Recon Lab 1.0. 3.6, which is out the door. Um, Brave Browser is getting super popular, so we've been working on a lot to add artifacts to that. So there's a bunch in there, and then there's a bunch of new artifacts on peer-to-peer. -peer, um, yep, both um, BitTorrent and UTorrent, I think, right? Yeah. yeah, so a lot of the peer-to-peer -peer stuff. I, I just got done um, up in New England helping out with the case, and it was chock full of fun torrent wonderful yeah, so files that one's a really interesting one for a white paper or something down the road but we'll have to obfuscate a little bit before we yeah do that. yeah i'm just glad we could help out and such so yeah so just to finish up here um thanks for listening to our first podcast um we, we plan on doing a lot of these podcasts now um where we'll be talking about what our company's doing um the products that we have um, maybe just decide to talk about some new forensic stuff that's in the news or anything that pops up, maybe some interviews with partners. Um, so what we hope to do is actually give you something um, with each podcast, something useful. And for this one, um, I guess got done updating our best practices guide for Mac forensics. Yep. So yeah, if you want to reach out to our website, look in our resource section of our website. And then there's one in there that says best practices for Mac forensics. So if you don't know how to do Mac forensics, if you're not sure, you do want the the Cliff Notes version, as I like to say, of Mac Forensics, this is the one to get. So it's going to cover the most important topics, and it's a very short, like just a few pages long. Maybe was it like five, six yeah, pages? It's not very long, but, yeah, but really yeah. good, excellent refresher, so, and a lot of good tips we, on we there. We learned our lesson the last time for the other, other, other marketing <laughs> blunder. It's not an ebook, so yeah, that was a mistake. But uh, not an ebook. It's a guide. It's a guide. Maybe a five or six page, yep. seven page guide. Um, but it, again, it covers the topics. It also is um, basically the cliff notes for both of my Mac forensics training courses. So I've been doing Mac forensics training for forever, it seems like. So um, it, if you basically summarize my two training courses into a few pages, that, that's it. That's the guide. So if you want to go ahead and pick it up, go out to our website, um, smori.com and go to the resources section and then download the best practice guide. Yeah, we'll link it We'll link it in the podcast page. So we have a podcast page on the website as well. And a couple things to note there, we'll have a schedule there so that you know what's upcoming uh, to see what it is. And the other thing that we have that Steve doesn't even know about yet, because I just thought of it right now, is we'll be putting in a listener request space on there where you guys can request podcasts that you want us to talk about. So if there's something in forensics or Mac or anything that you want us to talk about, we'll We'll take a look at it, and if we can accommodate, we will. All right. Well, thanks for being with us on our first podcast in 10 years. Absolutely. Everybody have a great day, and stay safe and healthy.